Welcome back to the Lancaster School District Podcast, School Buzz. I'm your host, Rebecca Cooksey, and today we're going to be talking about alternative learning environments. And so I have Kim Porter here with me and Jane Dana. Uh, Both of them are principals at different schools, very different schools um, in our district. So I'll let them give a little bio about themselves and tell us a little bit about their schools. All right, starting with you, Jane. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Ben. <laughs> well, my name is Jane Dana, and I am the administrator of LAVA. And I start over. Can you can stop? No, can, just go yeah, ahead. Okay, all right. Hi, my name is Jane Dana, and I'm the administrator of the LAVA campus. LAVA consists of three small learning communities. We are a TK2 homeschool program a TK-8 home hospital school, and a third through eighth virtual academy. And that's the programs that I am over. Just a few of them. Just a few. (laughs) Kim, tell us a little bit about your school. Sure. Um, I'm Kim Porter, principal of the Leadership Academy. My school serves students in grades two through eight, who are referred for behavioral challenges. Uh, Students come either on referral or expulsion. I also serve students in grades seven through eight in my ambassador program. Still part of the Leadership Academy, but these students uh, do a really a great job at at serving their community and, and at mentoring some of our other students in the program on how to be great leaders. So two very different schools. We have the home school program, which is parents are home with their kids, and it's our K2 group, right? And teachers give them kind of a packet or work to do, and the parent really has to be the teacher in that situation, right? Well, it is not exactly that. We do have a packet that we give to families, but we also give them the opportunity to integrate technology by providing them access to programs. We do have workshops that students can come to school to actually work with other students. So we allow those students to be able to have a school setting and we invite them to participate in our on our music day. We have a music day that our K2 students are invited. We have K2 student workshops in English language arts and math. And we are incorporating now parent and student workshops, which is a new item that has been added because we recognize that our families being the teacher at home with the materials that we give them, they need practice and insight on how to. So that's how it's working with the TK2 families. So training families how to be the teacher for their child because they're home all day with them, right? right? So a family that was interested in the homeschool program is going to have to be a family that spends a lot of time with that child. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. But we do offer the family the opportunity to meet with the teacher to see if they are on track, to see how they are doing. And we do have some students that it really is put on them to be their own teacher. And those are the families that we really try to connect with and work with because it's not for everyone. We are teaching students to be self-directed, responsible for their own learning, but it is challenging for some. So 
Yeah, and that's, I know when we started, when we designed the program, I was very worried about the homeschool program because I'm a teacher and I know how important it is to be a teacher and how much work it is. And I always worried about families that were looking to kind of just stay home in their pajamas, but not really work with kids. And I know that that was a concern of mine to even have a homeschool program because I was worried about kids not learning how to read. And that that scares me. But when you're meeting with them on a regular basis, you see that they're doing okay, right? Well, we are making sure that we're connecting with those families to do the check-ins and the frequency for some is a little more. And we use ICANN statements to verify that the student can actually do the work. So the student needs to be able to read the ICANN, to be able to perform the ICANN in order to get graded. So it's not just turning in a packet, it's actually demonstrating application of the knowledge. So it is a little different and we're refining the program. And it's not something like a family stays home for six months and then comes in. How often do you check in with them? Every two weeks is the assignment period. But families are coming in more frequently. Students are coming in every week to participate. And if a family needs more support, they have a credential teacher ready to work with them. That's great. And I appreciate the I can statements. It sounds like your students and families are really learning what learning intentions look like. And so they're able to tell whether or not they're being successful if they can accomplish a certain task. I think that's great bridging a comprehensive campus classroom with a independent study program. Well, thank you for recognizing that. And the beauty of it is if this child can't perform the ICANN, they're given the opportunity to go back and come back to see if that knowledge was attained. So sometimes it is not the first time around where the child gets the concept, and that's where the teacher needs to get a little more involved. And grading, we need to make sure that we are giving grades that accurately reflect where the child's at in this program. Mm -hmm, Because that's a good communication to parents. Now, probably very few people know anything about the home hospital program. Home yes, hospital. it's home yeah. hospital. Yeah. Okay. I was like, um, so you, you both looked at me kind of funny. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not saying it right. <laughs> no, so tell us a little bit about, about that. How does a child qualify for that program? Well, home hospital is not something that you can just ask for. There has to be a condition that qualifies for home hospital. The doctor must fill out paperwork. There are several pieces of paper. It needs to indicate what the diagnosis is, what the prognosis is for how long the child will be out, what the condition that the child is being treated for, implications for schoolwork, restrictions, and then there is a return date to school. So the child is either recovering from an injury, an illness, but there is a return date. Home hospital is not something that... Um, is is a program that we look to immediately go towards because the child only gets five hours of teacher support a week. So the teacher acts like a deliverer of the content that your child needs to do, similar to homeschool, mm-hmm. and can front load and check in, but the family needs to do the work with the child. And a lot of people think, oh, home hospital is five hours and I'm done. No, it's my child can't go to school. The teacher comes to the house, gives the work, checks in with the child, teaches concepts, checks understanding. Again, week by week assignments, 
and grading every two weeks like a traditional school. Okay. And for children with IEPs, it is a little more challenging because if you're looking at a home hospital setting, children with IEPs, there is a process to sit down and actually have an IEP to discuss, is this in the best interest of the child? Because sometimes there are doctors that do write notes saying, I want my, the child to be out. And it's not really um, an accurate and in the child's best interest. It's just a doctor's note. Yeah, we we like kids to be in school. Well, especially with I, especially with IEPs, it's there are doctors out there that will write a note, and it just says the child can't go to school. That doesn't qualify to be in home hospital. Mm-hmm. A team must sit down and make sure that. And Kim and I actually had that yep. happen once, where we sat down with a case, and we both said this is not in the child's best interest, and there's nothing here that the doctor wrote that really would warrant the student to be on home hospital. Mm-hmm. And the child remained in school and was just fine. And the child just transitioned to a comprehensive campus. Wow. Recently. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Congratulations. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about the alternative program for uh, leadership Academy. Okay. Um, well, our, again, I've, I've talked about how our students get to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so within our school, we have a team of support staff that really helps to, um, just move our students along so that they can be as successful as they can um, on a campus. And the goal is for them to return back to their home schools or stay. It just depends on um, how students are doing and how comfortable parents are with their environment. Um, We find that many of our students who come to us, they need the different environment. We Mm -hmm. find that our class sizes are smaller than the average class size on a comprehensive campus. Um, There are some that compare our class sizes to those of a charter school where um, we like to keep them low, um, no more than 15 students, uh, depending on the grade level. Um, We have uh, two adult supporters or paras, or excuse me, two adults in each classroom. And students um, are able to get more, um, I want to say, one-on-one attention than they would have on a comprehensive campus. Um, We are piloting a new uh, push-in model this year where our teachers are really embracing small group instruction. And so our students are not only getting what they need um, as far as their emotional, social-emotional health, but they're also... um, getting great instruction within the classrooms. Um, Our students by 6th, 7th, and 8th grade or 7th and 8th are eligible to attend our ambassador program. We do have some students who are in our ambassador program who have been up for expulsion from a comprehensive campus. What's awesome about that is students come to us for all kinds of reasons um, when on expulsion, and oftentimes it's a mistake, and and we all make mistakes in life. Right. And so we all deserve the opportunity um, if if we show that we are able to um, continue to excel academically and emotionally. So our um, ambassador program really offers the supports for our students um, to be those mentors that they are and to show everyone. I mean, they show me and everyone else that they have um, great potential to do great things. And all of our students have potential, but those ambassadors, whoa. They're just doing it. So the kids in the ambassador program were kids that may have been on an expulsion? They may have been or they're referred. Um, And I even have parents who heard about our program and and they decided, hey, I want my kid there. And so working with their, um, their own 
school, their own um, campus, they were referred to us and, and were accepted to be part of the Leadership Academy and ambassadors. The, the students at your school come to school every day, unlike yes. the kids at Jane's school, right? Right. Our kids come every day. Um, we have a mandatory 360-minute day, so our students don't have the luxury of the minimum days on Tuesdays. So, But yes, they are there every day. And is it a longer day at your school, or it used to be a longer day? Uh, no, the day's not longer. It's just that on the minimum days, we are in school the full time, the 360 minutes. So then if your teachers don't have that minimum day, then how do they get the professional development? My teachers are so passionate. We, <laughs> we meet after, after school's over. So our teachers meet two hours after the end of the school day. So they're done at five. It's a long day for them. So you have to have a committed staff over there. Definitely. And I know you have a, a couple of new people that got, got over there that I was really happy to see yes. go over to the Leadership Academy. My teachers are very passionate about the community they serve, but also just I have the most skilled people out there. I was talking about how great my teachers are today, and I just said, you know, if I put them on any campus, they're already superstars for me. Exactly. But they would be <laughs> just the superstar on any comprehensive campus because they have what it takes to teach students with behavioral challenges, not mm -hmm. only that, but to um, but to continue their education throughout the school day. You know, there's no nothing laxed about their day. Students know that they're going to be engaged from the moment they walk in the door. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I see great things in my classrooms. That's great. Students and teachers. Yeah, and Jane, you have a kind of a different set of teachers because your teachers, they're not with the kids all day long. They've got like two learning sessions that kids can or don't have to come to. So your group has to be more technically skilled because some of the training has to be done online, right? Yes. So the third through eighth grade program is a blended learning, blended teaching model. The students are given a Chromebook and a hotspot and are able to access online curriculum. I have one of my teachers, Mr. Keys, who is now making little mini videos that uh, are being posted for students to access bits of information. Great. So it really is wonderful because our instructional coaches are supporting the teachers to use the technology and learn. They're, they're, we are very fortunate to have so many tools accessible to us, but like with everything, you need to really understand how to use it and right. how to integrate it into the lessons. And then also, what do you do for students who don't come to school who are at home? And then what happens to the students who come to school? So we have two sessions, a.m. and p.m. Students don't have to come to school at all because we're a home study program. That's mm -hmm. the contract. They sign a contract that they're going to do the work. They get attendance on their work. So they have to do the work to get the attendance. Exactly. And if they don't do the work, they will be marked as absent and removed. So the students need to be able to be on task, self-motivated, and they need to be able to have a grade of C or higher in order to stay in the program. So at LAVA, it's a school of choice. You choose to go there and if you don't do the work, then we choose to put you back at your school. <laughs> exactly, and I and I and it is a it is a shift. 
from the way it was. This is the second year uh, at our new location on the backside of Sunnydale. So we have our own campus. Mm -hmm. And the rebrand of Lava is, yes, we're a school of choice. There are requirements. It is based on teamwork, student, family, and teacher. If any one of us does not do our job, the program does not work. Right. And I know that Lava a while ago was a, a place where we could place students. And we don't place students at LAVA anymore. They have to qualify for the program because they have to be able to work at home. Right. And what we do is um, I conduct an orientation. I go over the contract. I share the requirements of the program. And then I meet afterwards individually with each family to discuss what it is that they're looking for for their education. Why are they coming to us? Principals refer um, some families find us, but everyone comes to us just like Kim. They come to us for for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. but bottom line is they need to understand we are going to hold you accountable. Well, and I think we should be holding account- students accountable every place they are, you know, whether they're at LABA, whether they're at Leadership Academy, whether they're at Sunnydale. Students have to learn. We we were required to teach them, and we got to hold kids accountable for being active participants in their education. Yes. And I know that I've worked with Kim Mm -hmm. on a few cases, and we really always try to look at what is in the best interests of the child, and is there a way for us to work together to support? We just had a case where we worked with a child. Right. Yeah, we had a student who was experiencing just a little bit of harassment from others, and, and he was having a really difficult time at the Leadership Academy, and we recognize that this is a student who probably wouldn't do very well on a larger campus. Mm -hmm. Again, alternative education, you know, we want to find the best place for them. So um, I talked with Jane, you know, parent, uh, we got parent over there and we had an an enrollment meeting and Jane had a chance to come over and actually meet the student, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. She fell in love with him. I did. (laughs) Amazing. Saw him today. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a good feeling when you can help a family and help a child find their fit and see that smile. And I think that it's really great because Kim and I have worked together in the past Mm -hmm. prior to being in Lancaster. Yep. (laughs) So we both have the same objectives. We work hard. We never give up. Mm -hmm. And it's all for kids. Right. Everything that we do. And I love that, that you'll you'll see a child that you say, okay, this may not be the right place for him. Maybe love is a better place. And then you talk about what the child needs what's best for this child, and then get them in the right place. So that's incredible. Good teamwork. Yep. So Yeah. (laughs) So alternative learning is kind of a newer idea. Um, So what do you see for the future in this kind of um, setup for education? You know, when I I think about Alt-Ed, I just, I think about equity. And so um, I, and, and then I think about, you know, as adults, you know, we are the epitome of alternative education. Um, when we go get our driver's license, we're accommodated in different ways, depending on, you know, whatever, if we have a disability or if we, you know, if we can't see very well. Um, when we're going through school as adults, you know, we have um, online learning. We can go into campuses because adults work. And so sometimes adults have busy schedules. And so when we look at alternative education, I think that it's key. 
and, and it's, it's something that I don't think is going anywhere. Um, I'm seeing lots of students who, um, again, from the lens of equity, we see lots of students who need just something different. Right. Um, one size fits all doesn't work for all students. Um, but our school system still looks like a one size fits all shop. And so giving students the option to, um, and I say option because even though my school um, deals with mandated placements, um, in the future, I'd like to focus on um, students or, or, or uh, having a school of choice where our families who know their students well will have the opportunity to say, you know, my student does struggle in these areas and they're not being successful on a comprehensive campus because that campus, for whatever reason, can't meet their needs. Is this a school for my child? Um, so giving them those options, I think, are, are huge. Um, I know that and, and you'll speak on this, Jane, but I know that at your site, you're seeing just an overgrowth of, of students. And on my side, I've started this year with the most students ever. And I, I think well, you're really, you've hit the spot where you say it's not a one size fits all for kids. I think it's also not a one size fits all for adults mm -hmm. because some parents travel, some parents yes. work at home and they want their kids at home with them. So they don't want to bring them to school or they work the night shift and Getting to school at 8 o'clock in the morning is, is really tough for them. Yeah. So we've got a lot of different ways that people live, and we can't just say school's from 8 to 3 and that's it. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and at one point, Lava was on the uh, Leadership Academy campus, which was Crossroads at the time. And I remember having a student who had a medical condition where the student really could not um, work during the day could not. The student was sleeping during the day and was up all night. And so, you know, I, I'm not at school between 8 and, you know, 2 a.m., 8 p.m. and 2 a.m., but the student's able to get up, do the work on their schedule, and be successful even mm -hmm. in that environment, knowing it's that. It's funny that you say that because we have a child right now that has, is enrolled and has insomnia. Mm -hmm. And all of her work is done in the middle of the night. Right. And she is on target. She's on track. And this child was having difficulty staying up during the school day and was falling asleep and was getting into trouble for being asleep or not paying attention. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't intentional. She has a condition. Mm. And it's not a home hospital condition. Right. It's just right now she needs an alternative setting to be successful, and she's successful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I do agree with you, Kim. I think the alternative learning is that differentiated piece for everyone. For some families, it is the answer they've been looking for, and a lot of people don't even know that it's out there. Right. So it's great when people say, oh, I heard about you, but I do think that in the case of Kim, what you're saying is growing something and being able to do for more people. Because I know that at LAVA, we really are stressing for students to represent. They are the future. And when I tell them, you must answer in complete sentences, you have to sit up and take pride. You have to be proud. You have to be proactive. And part of the contract is take pride in your work, ask questions, be involved. Because mm -hmm. we added those because that's what we want. We're creating our future world. Right. 
Well, and I think the the world has changed. The way that we work, the way that we live is very different than it was, you know, even 20 years ago. Um, because there's a lot of parents that stay home and, and can work from home or can get in an RV and travel the United States and still come to school. Um, so I, I we've got to look at how we're structuring education for children and making sure that it's as interactive and individualized as possible. Kim, are you ready to get in an RV and go across the United States with me? <laughs> I, I do, let's do, do some alternative We'll do teleconferencing travel. teaching, right? Yeah. Or, or, or admin. Yes, there we go. <laughs> alternative learning on the road. I don't know if Dr. Bowers would let us do <laughs> tele, telecommuting um, admin. I would go for it. but we I don't dream, think she, right? Yeah. It's think, good to dream. I don't right? think she'd go for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, very good. Thank you, ladies, for coming in on a Friday night. I do want to give our community shout-out to um, LifeTouch. We had an issue with uh, student IDs this week, and LifeTouch was just absolutely fabulous about reprinting them, getting them back out, um, doing whatever they could to support us um, with an accident that happened to them. So, you know, they deserve a shout-out from us because they're a great company. Thank you, LifeTouch. Yes. Um, they give us lots of free um, certificates and awards, and I, I think they're a great company. So, where can you find this podcast? You know what? You can find it on our iHeartRadio now. I got it up on I that Heart one. Radio. I'm like in the big no, time now. No, no one listens to it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I have it on iHeartRadio now. Well, wow. now we can share it with our friends and, and our family. You can. You could okay. do it from iTunes or Sprecher or SoundCloud also. Um, I don't know what my next podcast is going to be about, so I'm not going to announce the next one. And as you tune out, please listen to Kelly Stock and the students at Sierra singing Simple Truths. 